everybody, and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have the second part of John Bevere's message about three steps to finding your calling. Here's John. Let me just kind of give you a little history, all right? Let's, let, let's take it back. I'm, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm a young boy. I'm in the Catholic Church. And as a young boy who's still a little tender to God at, at, at the age of five, I feel like I'm supposed to be a priest. Now, I didn't realize God had called me to the ministry, but the only thing I knew about ministry was priest, right? So then I start sinning real good. You know, I'm doing my nature and all that leaves. And so now I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a professional tennis player? I don't think I quite could do it. My dad looks at me and says, you need to be an engineer. So, okay, I'm an engineer. So I get an engineering degree, and I'm miserable. I can't stand it. But I get saved in my fraternity in college. One of my fraternity brothers, who was a phenomenal athlete, presented to me the Campus Crusade for Spiritual Laws. I gave my life to Jesus. And then... Once the Holy Spirit was in my life, I started getting a little more sensitive, and I started thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I'm feeling this tug towards ministry. Now I want nothing to do with ministry. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I grew up in a little town, and and, and there was only one pastor in that town I knew of, and he was a little weird. His house smelled, and his kids were really strange. And I went into their house one time, and it was so disorganized, so smelly, I had to hold my breath until I could get out. So I was like, I want nothing to do with ministry. Mm -hmm. My idea of serving God was I was going to get my, because I was on the dean's list at Purdue as an engineer, I was going to go to Harvard and get an MBA. I was going to marry a pretty girl, work for a a large corporation, move way up into management, make a lot of money, pay tithes to my local church, and take three vacations a year with my pretty wife. That would be my idea of serving God. Well, one of the things I was doing is I was co-oping. Now, do you know what co-oping is? It's a program that some universities have where you go to school a semester and then you go work in your profession at some company as a junior for a semester. So my company that I worked for was IBM. So here I am as a young co-op engineer working in Raleigh, North Carolina for IBM. One day I was in my junior year, so I'd already been doing it for a while. And I notice I'm miserable. I'm not having any fun. But I'm like, hey, it's a career, right? It's, it's going to get me to being a manager one day in a big corporation. Well, I remember one day we were celebrating one of the engineers in our department's 38th anniversary. So we're all sitting in the room. There's about 14 engineers in the room. And they're all drinking their coffee. I don't drink coffee. My wife has tried for years, but it's not working. <laughs> so they're all drinking their coffee. And we're all just doing the small talk, right? And we're celebrating this guy's 38th year. And the guy all of a sudden says this. He says, yep. He said, I've hated every single day I've walked into this company for 38 years. And everybody laughed in the room except me. And I'm waiting for somebody older and wiser to say something, right? And nobody's saying anything. They're just laughing with him. So finally I said, wait a minute. Why have you done this? You've hated every single day you've walked in here for 38 years. He goes, yeah. I said, why have you done this? And he said, John, it's a job. And he said it very condescending to me, like you dumb, stupid, young engineer student, right? And I remember right there, I, I was totally quiet, and I thought, okay, I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And I'm going to figure out what God's put me on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember I came into my senior year, and I called my Catholic, my Roman Catholic mother. And I said, Mom, I'm not coming home from college on Thanksgiving break. And my mom was like, what? 
I said, I'm not coming home this year for Thanksgiving break. She says, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to stay here in the fraternity house and I'm going to pray. So I fasted those four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. As a result of that fast, God gave me glimpses of some of the things I'm doing today. He literally said, you'll be a nourishing tree and nations shall draw from the wisdom that I give you. We've given away over 10 million resources to pastors and leaders in 83 nations all over the world. I literally now have seen what God gave me a glimpse of in that fraternity house. I've seen it come to pass now some over 35 years later. So I sought God diligently. I said, Lord, I'm setting this time aside. I got to know why you've put me here on this earth. I didn't get that answer in that fast. It came about a month or two later. So here's the thing, people, whenever, whenever they go into fasting, they think, okay, I'm going to get my answer in the fast. So it almost becomes a hunger strike with God. It's not a hunger strike. It's just I'm going to quiet myself down so God can impart into my spirit and I can fellowship with Him so that I can know what I'm called to do. Now, God gave me a glimpse of what I was called to do. Remember I said that? Just like He gave Joseph a glimpse. He gave David a glimpse, right? Why doesn't He show us the whole picture? God didn't show Joseph, the prison, the dungeon, and all that stuff. He doesn't show David living in the wilderness and all that. Why does he just give us a glimpse? Because of this. We walk by faith and not by sight. If God gives us the whole plan, how the whole thing's going to be mapped out, it becomes, Casey, a walk of sight. He doesn't want that. He wants us to keep looking to him and and seeking him. Are you getting this? Now, um, this is why Proverbs tells us, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll direct your paths. And I'll I'll tell you how God directed my path right after that fast. He shows me, I've called you now to preach. I showed you I'm going to impact nations. And you know what the thing He spoke to me was? I want you to interview to become an engineer. Oh, you talk about upset, angry, I'm going to talk about that in a couple lessons in the future. But you see, God doesn't give you the whole picture. He told me to interview as an engineer. Oh, is that a good one? So these are the three things I did in that fraternity. Number one, I fasted. Okay, so think about this. Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read this. Now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That's what you want to do when you're on a fast. You minister to the Lord. You know, God likes to be told, I love you. You know, he loves it, Brandy, when you, his little girl says, Dad, I love you. That's ministering to the Lord. So many times we as children, we go into the prayer closet, God, give me, give me, give me. We're like the kid at college, Dad, send money. And that's the only time he hears from us, right? (laughs) My boys aren't like that. I want you to know that, okay? But, you know, God loves it when we say, you're just awesome, Dad. You're awesome. I love using that word awesome because I never get to use it except I'm, I have this personal conviction. I don't say awesome unless I'm talking about dad, about God, because awesome means full of awe, right? So I know it's okay. You guys, you guys in Australia, you say it all the time. It's okay. I'm just talking about for me. I like to reserve that word for him, but I love to, in my prayer closet, I love saying, dad, you're awesome. You're just awesome. That's ministering to the Lord. So that's what these guys are doing. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me. Barnabas and Saul, remember, separate means chosen and elected. Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, 
They sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went. So there we go. They fasted. They ministered to the Lord. The second thing I did in that fraternity is I prayed. Okay, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, guys, wow. it is God's will for you to know what He's called you to do. You know what the Lord said to me one time? He said, Who created this calling that's on your life? Me or you? I said, you did. He said, don't you think I'm more concerned about the calling I created than you are? I went, whoa, man, that's good. So you have confidence. God wants you to know more than you want to know what he's called you to do. Write that down. He's more passionate about you knowing your calling than you are. Okay, so this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, here's faith. Whatever we ask, we know that we have these petitions we have asked of Him. The third thing I did in that fraternity is I read the Scripture. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. I remember one of the major callings on my life is to resource pastors and leaders overseas. Our team, this is a calling on our team. On my life, Lisa's life, and on our team. And like I said, we've given over 10 million resources to pastors and leaders in 83 nations. Do you know when that calling came? I was in my basement reading the book of Daniel on May 31st, 2010. I had no idea, but God speaks to me so clearly. I want you now to get your resources in the hands of pastors all over the world and leaders all over the world. That calling came reading the scripture. Once I arrived in Dallas, because I went to Dallas, I interviewed, I got 13 job offers as an engineer. Do you know the lowest paying one was Rockwell International and that's the one God told me to go work for? But let me tell you, it was in that very place that God began to raise me up into what I'm now doing right now. That was John Bevere, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, Three Steps to Finding Your Calling. You can also find out more information about him and his wife, Lisa, at messengerinternational.org. And I encourage you to go over there and check out all their great materials that they have. They have different courses and many, many books that both of them have written. So I encourage you to check them out. And remember to go live your 320 life today more than you can imagine in Christ. God bless you.